A powerful howl bellowed through Grimwood, <laughs> jolting Peter awake and into an upright position in his bed. He had never heard a beast make a noise so loud. As the uproar dissolved into the night sky, Peter rubbed his eyes, erasing the blur from his sleepy vision. Deafening silence resumed in Grimwood as he swung his legs out from under his cosy quilt, placing them gently on the creaky floorboard of his bedroom. Tentatively, he crept down the steps of his home, peeked his head out of the door and into the street to see if he could locate the origin of the formidable yowl. The light of the full moon shone brightly down on Grimwood. Beautiful stars twinkled in the deep dusk sky. The sky was clear. There were no clouds floating above as the moon made its way over to the horizon. Grimwood was still. The only noise coming from the crisp chirp of crickets in grassy patches scattered along the gravel streets. The night was the only opportunity to see the area surrounding Peter's home be peaceful. Living in the apothecary had made his house quite the hot spot. The rot was increasingly rampaging among the unfortunate inhabitants of Grimwood. The illness was unforgiving, even adding children to its roster of the bereaved. Get back in here! Peter's mother, Evelyn, squealed as she dragged him back from the doorway and shut it behind him. She pulled him to her and held him tightly and began to fervently stroke his head. I've never heard such a racket! Anything could be lurking out there, perhaps in from the woods. It's especially dangerous at night, you know this. Peter did know this. As the assistant of Evelyn's apothecary, together they would venture to the forest around the outskirts of Grimwood, where few dared to go, to gather ingredients for Evelyn's remedies. The forest was established as a dangerous place, but Evelyn had a successful business to run and found that several ingredients that could be gathered there had miraculous, magical qualities. The pair's journeys predominantly took place in the day, but Evelyn often got caught up in her intrigue of foraging, and time would quickly pass as the moon rose, the woodland becoming more active with dangerous animals and strange creatures, while members of the savage folk could also be seen roaming between the trees. Peter had become handy with a sword, and while the endeavour was still terrifying, he would fight for him and his mother's safety. I was just looking. What do you think happened? I have no idea, Peter. But just because you're 16 now, it does not mean I want you dealing with dangerous beasts without me by your side. Recently, it had been Peter's birthday. 16. He had hoped to gain some independence, space from his mother when growing older, but had been given no such luck. It was exhausting, lonely to be under the watchful eye of an overbearing parent so much of the time. Peter sighed. It's not like you do any of the fighting, Mother. I can look after myself. Peter's curiosity had turned to glamness. The feeling of awe had (sighs) turned into a yawn after being bombarded by his mother. He knew his mother's love was there, but he wondered if it was sincere. For the most part, it seemed controlling, as though Peter was her property. Her standout employee at her beck and call she could not afford to lose. No, you cannot. You know what I say. Until you have a blushing bride to keep a stern eye on you, it is my job. This town cannot have unruly boys running amok. Besides, curiosity killed the cat, my boy. You killed the cat, mother, and it startled you coming in through the window. Peter put a foot on a step, looking away from his warden of a mother. Well, it shouldn't have been so curious as to climb through my kitchen window. Good night, mother. 
Evelyn speedily joined Peter up the stairs, making her way to her own room, but kept within proximity of him. Remember, you need to be at the market bright and early. Don't let me down, and don't dilly-daddle. The sound of a distant screeching cockerel was often the alarm that signalled the beginning of Peter's day, and as he leant out of his window for some fresh air, he saw dewy blades of grass lightly leaning by the push of a whistling breeze. Peter's walk to the market was hurried. He wanted to avoid disappointing his mother with food that she would turn her nose up at. She demanded it to be perfect, or as close to that standard as unpleasant Grimwood could provide. But a larger problem rang in his mind disappointing his mother in another sense. Peter felt faulty, as if he had been made wrong, suffering with an issue that he had not heard of anybody else being troubled with. He thought of his mother's mention of a blushing bride, words that should intrigue a boy as he got older, according to Evelyn. He was 16, and year after year, those words filled him with dread, made him feel like an imposter. He knew he desired something else, something wrong evil and shameful. Evelyn was passionate about her beliefs, which she instilled into Peter since birth, and these opinions were apparently shared amongst everyone in Grimwood, like a hive mind. And it was believed that people with thoughts such as Peter's were to be punished. Peter did not desire the company of a woman, nor did he feel like he ever would. His heart fluttered for the thoughts of another future, a future with somebody like himself. Peter's mind drifted elsewhere, laughter between boys, <laughs> hands intertwining and the feeling of security in each other's arms. Security came with safety, an idea that didn't feel possible for Peter's interest. Shame panged within him. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. It isn't fair that I feel like this. I can't feel like this, he thought. And these were common thoughts that swirled in his mind. <laughs> A whinny, a skid, a yell. Peter fell back, suddenly awoken from his distracted mindset to see a furious man driving a rickety carriage pulled by a now panicked horse. Watch where you're going, boy! Peter's heart beat fast, his expression embarrassed, as the carriage disappeared to reveal the market that gradually filled with more and more people. Peter was often trapped in his thoughts. Your daydreams will be the death of you. Evelyn's voice rang true in his head. He was to be more careful if he could help it, but he couldn't keep it at bay. Romance flashed in his head, just not in the way that his mother, nor Peter, had hoped for. After having spent some time at the market, Peter acquired what he needed. While he was often harassed by his mother's presence and instruction, after his market trips he had some time to himself. He made a beeline for his favourite spot, the graveyard of Grimwood. It was by no means glamorous, but it was quiet, and for a long time, Peter grew accustomed to relaxing under a sturdy, towering tree, its size and flourish of thick layers of leaves and flowers enchanting to Peter. Times became unbearable inside his head with each passing day. The longing for the love he envisioned yet tried so hard to subdue was eating away at him. The anger of the carriage driver, the pressure from his mother, and the vision of an innocent kiss between two boys went around, a tornado in his mind. Peter flung his head back against the tree in frustration, scrunching his lips to control the sorrow, climbing from his choked throat to his quivering, glassy eyes. Crying ensued. Peter was hopeless, 
and as tears streamed down his face and fell from his chin, it felt like a release. The roots of the tree that sprawled across the ground soaked up Peter's splattered tears of innocence, and while Peter bawled into his palms, he missed the glow that emanated evangelically from the cracks. He wished to be held, held by someone that knew what weighed down on him so heavily. Unexpectedly, he was. Shocked, his cries halted. Removing his hands from his face and wiping away the welling of tears, he looked down. He was enveloped in a pair of twig arms that wrapped around his waist, and before he had a moment to be frightened, a voice came from the tree. It's going to be okay. The voice was so calming that it prevented Peter from screaming in fear. What was taking place was far from normal, but there was a feeling of a comforting spirit coming from the tree. The arms moved away from Peter's middle slowly, the creaking of the tree indicating that it was quite the task. Peter used his hands to steadily scoot away, turning to get a better look. A young, handsome face had formed in the tree, all its features seemingly carved into the bark, but showed motion. Wooden eyes, lips, and a nose that ended with a blunt stump. It was so baffling that it was almost comical. Peter grinned in astonishment and chuckled. Who? <laughs> What are you? The face smiled back cheekily. My name is Pinocchio. I'm not too sure what I am. Part of this tree, I suppose. But how did you get there? I heard crying. This feeling of longing. It was so pure. Next thing I know, I have eyes, lips, a nose, a face. I felt you against me. I just wanted to comfort you. Peter was unsure how to react. He further investigated Pinocchio's features. He was a work of art, magical. You feel better. How do you know? I can feel it. Your tears, part of you is in me. It helps me feel connected to you. Pinocchio's expression turned sympathetic. It was hard to decipher at first, but the longer Peter looked into his eyes, it was clear to make out the faces he was making. Peter shook his head, still in awe. It felt like a dream, but Pinocchio was right. Peter could feel a connection too. Clanging echoed through Grimwood. The bell alerted Peter that he had taken longer than usual to return home from the market, and concern clamoured within him. His mother would not be pleased. I I'm sorry, I, I need to go. My mother doesn't like it when I'm away from home for too long. Pinocchio's eyes widened at Peter's alarmed reaction. I hope you come back. It was lovely talking to you. Peter's heart fluttered, and he blushed, which made Pinocchio smile defiantly. I can come after the market tomorrow. Peter exclaimed excitedly as he sped away with his bags of goods that he had acquired for Evelyn. Being welcomed home with a lecture from Evelyn, which Peter hardly replied to, was a small price to pay for the magical afternoon Peter had experienced. Peter produced a lie about being sidetracked by a woman who asked about the apothecary, which Evelyn begrudgingly accepted. Peter's second meeting with Pinocchio came with a shock. His wooden face less animated, with the tree's original bark shield having reappeared over one of Pinocchio's eyes. That encounter came with a warning from Pinocchio. The more you lie, the more I fade. It hurt Peter to hear this. He didn't want to lose Pinocchio's presence just as he acquired it, but 
As time went on, he had learned how to bend the truth effectively so that his secret was kept from Evelyn and Pinocchio's existence didn't weaken. In fact, as time passed, Peter spent more and more time at the tree, the boys' time together becoming incredibly frequent. The more they chatted, the more their fondness <laughs> of each other grew. The world had given a gift to Peter, and that gift was Pinocchio. Peter's affection for Pinocchio was like water to his tree. Pinocchio flourished. Day by day, more features becoming visible as though magic carved him from the tree. After visiting the market once again, Peter returned to the tree in the graveyard, enjoying as much time with Pinocchio as he could squeeze in before having to make an appearance for Evelyn. We meet again. It had been a week since their last meeting, the longest they had gone without seeing each other since he spawned from the tree. Pinocchio now leant out of the tree. Protruding from the bark was half a torso, firm wood shoulders where thick tree trunk arms sprouted from, with soft, mossy hands. His face had more detail and his nose slightly longer, a cute leaf sticking out from the tip. He looked a similar age to Peter, but no doubt the tree was hundreds of years old. Pinocchio looked sad, eyes to the ground, arms folded. What's the matter? I didn't know if you were coming back. I'm sorry. Mother has kept me busy with errands. But you don't need to worry about me coming back. I always will. Being stuck, part of this tree, away from you, it gets lonely. Peter was knelt by Pinocchio, who seemed shy while expressing his vulnerability. He felt partly to blame for Pinocchio's misery. Peter had, albeit unintentionally, conjured him into the world just to have him stay in one place. In solitude, when without Peter, the boys deeply cared for one another after the time they have had together. Pinocchio felt like an imaginary friend in Peter's mind that he needed for a change of company other than his irritable, domineering mother. But in that moment, it felt like much more than that. Reaching out, Peter put a gentle finger under Pinocchio's rough, wooden chin and raised his face so that their eyes could meet. Pinocchio's looked as emotional as they could, dewdrops trickling down from them just to be reabsorbed on the way down. I want to be a real boy, like you. You are a real boy. They were lost in each other's eyes. Peter's sympathy for Pinocchio was overwhelming, and he didn't know how to make it better. He just knew what he wanted to do. As their gaze held, Peter laid his hand flat against Pinocchio's face as he slowly shifted closer to the tree. The world around them slowed, time feeling as though it had come to a complete halt, while Peter's worries dissipated as though it was the rain that would evaporate from Pinocchio's tree on a warm, sunny day. Years of feeling unnatural, wrong, Shameful, melted into thin air and Peter embraced a feeling of weightlessness, friendship and love. <laughs> Peter had a ticklish feeling in his stomach. Butterflies. It seemed that Pinocchio had them too, except he had actual butterflies. Peter looked up and around the wooden boy from the tree. Being a part of nature had its pros, it seemed, as butterflies and a variation of pretty colours fluttered freely around the pair circling as they chuckled in wonderment before the turning to each other's gaze. Their faces approached one another, and they had one last look at each other before they shut their eyes. Tenderly, Peter's lips met Pinocchio's for the first time. It was as though two pieces of a puzzle linked together perfectly. Romance filled the air as they entered each other's embrace. It was everything that Peter had yearned for, for so long. 
As Peter held Pinocchio's stern, rigid frame in his arms, things began to grow softer. His lips were cushioned against Peter's. Pinocchio's body emanated warmth into Peter's grasp. A once rough face pressing against Peter's slowly grew smooth. Peter felt Pinocchio's advance on his own as he started to lean back under Pinocchio's increasing weight. Lips still locked, Peter fell backwards. Pinocchio on top of him, the shock ending the kiss. Peter's eyes opened and as his vision returned, he came to see that there was no wooden boy extended from the tree, but a human one, clambering up from the ground and onto his knees. Pinocchio, you're a real boy. Pinocchio was in disbelief. He held his hands in front of himself, intently inspecting them. He ran one hand across the other, the flesh warm against his touch. He patted along his body, which now adorned clothes that did not appear carved onto his figure. He reached the top of his head and gasped as he took a fistful of soft, dark hair in his grasp and grabbed his nose, which no longer resembled a stump. I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy! He jumped up with glee, parading around the tree he had just fallen from before taking Peter's hand, pulling him to his feet and embracing him once more. The rest of their afternoon was perfect. Peter and Pinocchio walked through Grimwood together. However, they could not do so hand in hand. It was too dangerous. But the boys had their special spot, which would have to do. Eventually, the sky tinged with an orange sunset, and Peter had to return home, alone, while Pinocchio found separate lodging. Where have you been? Not even a second into Peter's return to the apothecary, his mother had become incessant. I tell you, day in and day out to get home immediately from the market, and you disobey me. Where have you been? Evelyn slamming on a countertop caused Peter to jolt. Peter opened his mouth to spout an excuse, but paused. Was he still unable to lie? I was talking to someone. True. He had been talking to Pinocchio. The same woman who asked about the apothecary? No, somebody else. True again. What did they want? They wondered where I had been. They hadn't seen me in a while. He thought back to how Pinocchio was upset having not seen him for a week. How could they not have seen you? You're at the market all the time. I think they must have missed me. True enough, Pinocchio had been missing Peter. Evelyn didn't seem satisfied with Peter's answers, but ended her interrogation. Well, don't take too long tomorrow. We need to go to the woods to do some foraging, and I want to go before dusk. Peter left swiftly to his room away from Evelyn's pressing, irritating nature. He was furious that he had spent his life hating himself, filled with shame due to her backwards beliefs that she had forced on him. After the beautiful moment Peter shared with Pinocchio, he knew that her teachings were wrong. What Peter experienced was the opposite of evil. It was his mother's deranged discipline and hatred that was evil. He was conflicted. His mother raised him and he strived for her approval and love for a long time, but it seemed as though he was unsuccessful. So he resented Evelyn, because his love would be punished if she were to know. He was angry at Grimwood, where anything that was different was abnormal and shunned. Peter locked his anger away, like usual, and focused on the time he had spent with Pinocchio. His heart skipped a beat, and he sighed a sigh of relief. It had happened. He found love, something he feared he would never experience. Even if it had to be expressed cleverly, he reassured himself that it wasn't impossible. Peter felt sorry for his future blushing bride and the lie they would live together, 
Perhaps there were women that felt the same way about other women, like Peter did about men. He was comforted by this thought. It was just a matter of finding her and coming to an agreement. But that was a problem for another day, he told himself. Pinocchio came to mind again. Comfort resumed, and the thought of the boy kept him smiling through the night. The following day, Peter went about his routine as normal. Curiosity ignited within Evelyn. Something had changed about Peter. He had grown disobedient, and his punctuality had become something she had never seen before in him. It infuriated her that she was losing her grasp on her son. Being in control felt good to her, and to hear Peter giddy in his bedroom, she had to know. As a baby, he was happy with her. As a child, he was happy with her. But for a long time, Peter strived for separation, and she would not allow it. Evelyn, keeping her distance, watched Peter. After the market, he found Pinocchio, a real boy, sitting against their tree, a grin stretching ear to ear on his face as he ran over to him, dropping the bag of produce he had collected and charged into his embrace. <laughs> the boy's lips locked once again, and as they pulled back, Peter stroked a strand of untamed hair from Pinocchio's eye. They enjoyed each other's company for as long as they could before Peter felt he had to meet Evelyn to forage in the woods and so got up to make his way to the market. Suddenly, Peter saw Evelyn emerge from behind a tall tombstone. His heart sank and he felt an anxious flash of heat flood his body. Mother, what are you doing here? I couldn't see you in the market, so I thought I'd wait here. See your grandmother. She gestured weakly to the tombstones around her. She didn't indicate to any specific one. You've never talked about my grandmother. Yes, I do. She scoffed. You must not listen to me. You've been distant lately. But yes, I adored my mother. Could not keep me away from her. That's the way all children should be. Peter shifted around awkwardly. Shall we go to the woods now, mother? Evelyn eyed Pinocchio, who was still sat on the ground and looked on edge. Who's this, Peter? Just a friend? Yes, mother. A lie. Ah. They weren't just friends. Pinocchio's eyes widened. Pieces of bark had sprouted on the back of his hand. Immediately, he used his other hand to cover it. How lovely. You never mentioned him. What's your name? Uh, Pinocchio. Nice to meet you. How did you meet each other, Peter? Peter strained and panicked, but had to be quick. Shopping at the market. Another lie. <sighs> Pinocchio winced as a small amount of bark shot out from under the skin of his other hand. I see. Two handsome young boys in Grimwood. The girls better watch out. Are you seeing anyone currently, Pinocchio? Pinocchio was hesitant to lie also. What were the consequences of that? Yes, I am. Marvellous. Her enthusiasm was daunting to the boys. Is she nice? Very nice. Lie. <clears throat> Peter was not a she. Pinocchio stifled a groan. Wood spread up his forearm, catching Evelyn's eyes. She had figured it out, but had not drawn attention to the plan she was forming in her mind. She pretended not to see Pinocchio roll down his sleeve and place his hands in his pockets as he got to his feet. Pinocchio, you're in luck. Come to the woods with us. I could do with another strong young man's protection while I forage. It would be nice for Peter's friend to come along. Her smile was sickeningly sweet. Pinocchio was pressured to accept. Evelyn gestured for the boys to walk ahead of her, through Grimwood as she teetered behind them, scowling unbeknownst to them. As they made their way through Grimwood, they passed a shop selling firewood. 
discreetly, Evelyn snatched a small axe leant against the wall. The walk out of Grimwood was silent. Peter and Pinocchio's hearts pumped inside their chests rapidly as they walked apprehensive, glancing at one another every now and again. Eventually, they began to tread on the grassy plains separating the town and the woods. Not much longer, Peter thought. They could get through this, keep Evelyn satisfied and return to their secret affair in Grimwood. He thought of abandoning his mother, escaping through the forest and taking their romance elsewhere, but it wasn't possible. Many a time Peter had been in the forest surrounding Grimwood, he had seen what awaited trespassers to the land that so clearly belonged to the horrors that inhabited it. Carefully, the trio entered the outskirts of the woodland. It was safer to stay at the edge. The thick canopy of foliage atop the trees allowed minimal light to pierce through and reach the forest floor, but with the warm sun still high in the sky, it was bright enough. Evelyn began foraging, but her mind was on her main task at hand. She had to draw the lies out of the couple. Peter, have you met Pinocchio's lovely lady? Peter kept his eyes on the shadows in the distance, watching for movement. No, Mother. You should get Pinocchio to introduce you to someone for yourself. You're a growing boy. Someone has to take my job of watching you. No, I don't think I'm interested in that right now, Mother. He was truthful. Well, you can't linger around Pinocchio all the time, can you? Peter was unsure of what to say. No, obviously not. A lie. All Peter wanted was to be with Pinocchio all the time. Pinocchio <sighs> flinched and clasped the barky hand onto a stiff shoulder, a little way off from Peter and Evelyn. Peter had not noticed Pinocchio's struggle when Evelyn began to bombard him with questions. So, when do you think you will be interested in finding a young lady? I don't know, Mother. At some point or another. A lie. He knew that he would never be interested in that. Pinocchio growled desperately trying to get Peter's attention, but didn't want to give them away. Peter tried to change the topic of conversation. I'm sure I've never heard you talk about Grandmother before. Don't be silly. I talk about her all the time. I love her. Peter was adamant. You can't love her that much or else you would have mentioned her. Evelyn stopped her task and stood to face Peter who was looking into the shadows, distracted. I do love her. All children love their mothers. Then, Evelyn put her emotions on the line. You love me, don't you? Yes, of course. Peter was quick and dismissive like usual with Evelyn, but it was a lie, and a huge one at that. Arr! Pinocchio couldn't bear it any longer. He stumbled onto a tree for support against the pain, but as the groan escaped his mouth, his hand merged with the tree. Bark, moss and leaves consumed Pinocchio transformed into a lifeless, wooden statue. Peter turned to see him. His heart fell. Distraught, he went to run to Pinocchio. Liar! Ferocity erupted from Evelyn as she appeared by Pinocchio, withdrawing the small axe she had acquired, discarding her bag to the floor. Without hesitation, she raised it high as she shrieked and brought it down with all her might. No! Peter felt like he had been punched in the stomach. He collapsed to his knees, watching the obliteration of his love. Over and over, Evelyn struck down on Pinocchio's statue until he was nothing but small, chopped bits of wood. You bring shame to me. Evelyn revealed a matchstick, 
striking it alight and tossing it onto Pinocchio's remains, which went up in flames that quickly clung onto the surrounding trees and greenery. The forest heated up drastically and resembled an arena in hell, the roaring fire drowning out Peter's pain sobbing. Evelyn had snapped, her mind broken. She ran to Peter and cradled him in her arms as fire surrounded them. The shadows of the distance fled as the flames lit up the environment. Animals trampled through the setting, panicked. Peter felt no fear for what creatures may come. He only felt lost. I will fix you, Peter. I love you. I will fix you. It will be all right. Peter had no strength to push his mother away from him. He screamed into the fire for Pinocchio. Branches began to collapse onto the ground, embers jumping from them as they made impact, sizzling the surroundings. Smoke became thick in the air, and it became hard to breathe. Evelyn rose to her feet and tightly clung onto Peter's wrist to drag him towards Grimwood. I will fix you. Rage overcame Peter. He stood, his mother's pulling, bringing him to her, but she was met with a hard push from her son. Toppling her over, and as she hit the ground, a large branch above her snapped, crushing her. Peter was surrounded by fire and smoke, with no chance of escape to be seen. The thick fumes made him weak and brought him to the ground as the world around him began to blur. All Peter wanted was love, and he had it. The fire rapidly spread around the entire woodland that had kept the town trapped for as long as everybody could remember. Beasts and creatures perished, and the nature burned to the ground. But Grimwood was now free. Peter thought of Pinocchio in his final moments, and his anguish was replaced with comfort as he found peace in the smoke, fire closing in on him. If Pinocchio had to go, Peter was to go with him.